Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast where we discuss, sometimes calmly, sometimes not, the most popular topics troubling or entertaining the readers of the 21st century. The book community on TikTok has grown and expanded so much that now on the social media app, the hashtag BookTok has over 1.6 billion views. With fame comes followers and opinions, which the BookTok community has plenty of. Us, your co-hosts, Lily Hope and Olivia Grace dive into a new book-related topic each episode. Let us know your thoughts on our podcast episode's topic on our podcast, TikTok, at Two Girls Who Read Podcast, where you can also find exclusive behind-the-scenes clips from our unreleased episodes. Also, if you're feeling really nice, check out our individual TikToks at The Book Readers and at It's Olivia Grace underscore. Now, with all that said, let's get right into today's topic, our top reads of 2020. Okay, guys, so I think today's episode is just going to contain, at like, the most very minor spoilers for the books that we're talking about, because we're just going to be kind of listing them and then maybe giving, like, a bare-bones description of the book, but if there is going to be any major spoilers, as always, we will just put a brief spoiler warning beforehand. 2020 has been quite a year, and although it is- It's been a year. It's been, yeah, it's been a year. And although Mm -hmm. it's not completely, like, finished yet, we still have, like, half of November and all of December to go. We have read a lot of books this year so far. Books have saved my 2020, so for that, some of these deserve an honourable mention in books that have gotten me through this (laughs) terrible year. (laughs) Just retitling books that saved 2020 or, like, books that got me through 2020. Yeah, books that saved 2020. Yes, Yes. for sure. It's quite quite weird because I think a lot of people, when you want, if you were to ask them the question, like, name a good thing that's coming out of 2020, a lot of people probably couldn't come up with one. But I feel like all of the book talk community can agree that out of 2020. Book book talk. Book talk. Book talk came out of 2020, like full stop. It wasn't really a a huge thing. This podcast came out of 2020. Let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) Oh, that is so crazy. It feels like we've been doing this for way longer than however many months. It's not even like a year. Yeah. Our our friendship came out of 2020. Wow. This is getting really sentimental, isn't it? Excuse me. Like, I, oh look my eyes are sweating that's so weird oh, oh my okay it's fine okay so myself. I know that we both have our top threes yes so I have a question mm-hmm. are we planning on doing what we did in like the um favorite couples podcast episode um which you guys haven't listened to that one you definitely should um <laughs> are we gonna do like a similar sort of thing where we just um where we like guess like do our top three at the end and we guess each other's top three i, I feel think like that could be, that could be fun. fun yeah i feel like that's kind okay. of fun kind of fresh well just so that you guys know we didn't actually like order all any of them except for our top three so yeah. like we don't have them ranked like 10 9 8 these are just all of our top 10 and then the only ones that are ranked are our top three so we'll probably just be saying them in random order until we actually get to the top three yeah agreed okay okay fun would you like to go first? What's one of your top reads of 2020? Okay, okay, okay. So the first one that I'm going to say is Clockwork Princess from the Infernal Devices series by Cassandra Clare. 
uh, disclaimer to the yeah. listeners at home. We're not going to be like, we'll we'll say like what our favorite series were, but we're going to be probably like also say what our favorite books from that series were just to like, you know, be more specific to our top reads, if that makes sense. But yeah. For, yeah. So for me, Clockwork Princess was a really standout read. I re- I read The Infernal Devices after I finished Akita by Sarah J Maas and I was in a huge reading slump. I like couldn't read anything. Nothing was to the quality of Sarah J Maas. Mm-hmm. I was like this is so sad. And then I went to the library. I was like, you know what? Now might be a good time to like finally read a Cassandra Clare book. Let's see what the hype around this author is. And I picked up Clockwork yeah. Angel and Clockwork Prince. And I pretty much read those books in like four days. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know, you read them so fast. I was so speedy because those books were just like immaculate. And while those were immaculate, I feel like Clockwork Princess for me was such a crazy experience because my library only had Clockwork Angel and Clockwork Prince. It didn't have Clockwork Princess. And then you had to wait for I Clockwork had to wait. Princess. I had to order the box set because it was cheaper than just mm-hmm. buying like one book. And so yeah. I had to wait like two weeks, I want to say, for Clockwork Princess. And the so hi- painful. Oh my gosh. The hype around that. I just want to give a shout out to any person who was reading The Infernal Devices as it was coming out. Because <laughs> you had to wait like a year or something for that shit. I waited two weeks and was losing my mind. <laughs> <sighs> But when I read um, it, I just loved it. Everything kind of came full circle quite a bit. And um, that epilogue, while it while it killed me, it didn't kill Lily, but it made nope. me sob. Um, it was one of those things that I finished it. And I was like, it was one of those books where you cry. That was beautiful. In a beautiful way. You were like, that yeah. was just immaculate. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, for me, kind of jumping on the Cassandra Clare train, I had to add Chain of Gold into my top 10. Wow. That book, well, that book really, like, I just actually very recently finished it, but it made the top 10 just because it was, in my opinion, very well done. Um, this, it's really hard to gauge because it's always hard to gauge when you're, when you only have the first book in a series. You know, it's going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So when you only have the... Could you imagine, like, reading Clockwork Angel and that's all you got, right? It wouldn't yeah. seem, like, as spectacular as, like, we know the trilogy to be. So there was definitely some things about it that I didn't like, which is why I didn't give it a 5 out of 5. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5, I think. Um, but you can tell she set this series up with so much potential. Definitely more potential than the Infernal Devices had at the same point. Mm, interesting. Um, and it's just really, really well done. Um, and the characters are really likable. They all have, like, there's so many more characters and they all have such complex backstories. And she did a really good job in really ensuring that um, none of the characters' backstories kind of fell short. I mean, there was definitely, that could be argued, I guess. Like, there were some people who were complaining that we didn't get to see more of, like, so-and-so and and things like that. But I really think that she is, like, setting up storylines for everyone. Yeah. um, To explore through the rest of the trilogy. So I'm super excited about that. And it was just, it was a very cool read. In my opinion, the plot is a lot cooler than the Infernal Devices plot was. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, what I just, know about of the plot. Yeah, just from what you've told me, it's a lot more 
uh, exciting or adventurous, I want to say, than any... It's a lot more plot-driven. Yeah. Where the Infernal Devices was more romance-driven, and I'm not mad about that whatsoever. (laughs) I love the romance. However, this one is... It does have that same level of romance, but it's also very plot-driven, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. That's really... I don't know why I shouldn't be surprised, but that surprised me just because you've read it so recently. Um, yeah. That you it left that much of an impression on you that you were like, yeah. It really did. I'm like, you will catch me in the bookstore the day that like Chain of Iron comes out. I'll yeah. be there. And then Chain of Steel. No. What's it called? <laughs> Chain of Thorns. Oh, that's right. We said it should have been called Chain of Steel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we did say that. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. Back All right, let's hear let's hear your next one. Uh, my next one I'm gonna say is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. The first one. The first one, not the not the whole series. Really? Just like the first really? one. Really. Really. The first one made it in your top ten. Yeah. Interesting. Do you feel like I'm it listening. shouldn't have? No, I mean I'm listening with an open mind. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, I just remember reading that book and anyone who's kind of read, I, I just want to say anyone who's read like a Sarah J Mass book knows how immaculate she is at like creating these really fantastical worlds where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you can really escape in them and it gives me like the same vibes as, as kind of like Harry Potter a bit where it's like this whole new world, but you can imagine it so well somehow. Yeah. Um, I just remember reading A Court of Thorns and Roses, and in the beginning, I did not get it. I did not like it. I was like, what is going on here? This is, like, very awkward and uncomfortable. These people have pointy ears. Like, what is this? <laughs> and then it you was... Did not like the, what you're saying is, is you didn't like the energy that we created in the studio. Exactly. And then, especially I after see. the chapter that nobody seems to talk about that happens in Akatar, everyone's always, like, chapter mm. 55... Nobody talks about the chapter that happens to Agatha. I was like, the energy we've created in the studio today is very just no. Not okay. <laughs> it's a no from me. But then I kept reading because I was like, well, I bought I bought the whole trilogy. And so I was like, well, <laughs> how awkward would it be if I just didn't read the other ones, right? And so yes. I, I kept reading it. And then I remember like the minute... Oh, the minute that line, how does the line go? The line of like, there you are, I've been looking everywhere for you. I was like, okay, I kind of see it. You know, the first line that, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, when from the festival and Reese was like, there you are, I've been looking for you. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I felt like the greatest showman. You know how it's like, ladies and gents, this is the moment you're waiting for. <laughs> I was like, thank you, yeah. thank you. And then the, like, last quarter of the book, I want to say, that was just immaculate. And so Mm -hmm. the whole, like, yeah, it really took a turn, like, from what I expected it to be. I was expecting, like, some Twilight sort of energy, but then it ended up being, like, this really sort of action-packed thing, which I'm not upset about. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. No, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, the ending of Akatar was really something. It was really good. For sure. I totally agree. And then even in, like, like actually, my friend and I today, we were talking about some of the moments that were actually scattered through the first book, not just concentrated at the end. And there's actually quite a few good ones. 
Yeah, I feel like it, I. So it's really not. I feel like if you compare it to a Court of Mist and Fury, it's not a good book. But yeah. if well, but I remember when I finished Akatar. I mean, I like in the end after finishing the series, I ra- I think I rated the first Akatar book a four and a half out of five. Yeah. Um. But then once I. But when I had just finished Akatar and I hadn't read any of the other ones yet, I, I remember taking a video of myself. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I don't know who I was taking this video for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was taking a video of myself after I finished Akatar and I was like, that was a five out of five. That was amazing. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, it's not a bad book. Like, I feel like book talk just makes it out to be a lot worse than it is because they don't for like sure. Tamlin, you know? Yeah, for sure. Akatar is about a girl who ha- gets basically it's a retelling of beauty and the beast and due to circumstances she ends up having to go to like this fae world and has to kind of serve this this fae prince dude and it follows like the adventures of that and what that entails having to leave behind like your your human family and go into this fae world and you know be pretty much held captive tea yeah um Okay, well, for my next one, I have got to give a shout out to The Wicked King. That book was so crazy good. I could not believe my life. (laughs) Um, So The Wicked King is a part of the Cruel Prince series. And basically what The Cruel Prince is about, obviously I'm not going to say what The Wicked King is about because that will spoil the end of The Cruel Prince uh, because it is the second book in that series. But um, The Cruel Prince is basically about a mortal girl a human girl who, with her sisters, has been raised her basically whole life in the fae world for reasons that you will discover if you decide to read the book. Um, <laughs> and she really never felt like she fed it, felt, oh my gosh, fit in there um, because she was mortal and the fae really didn't like her because she was kind of this human girl who was like going to school with them and doing all this stuff and they were just really weirded out by her. And so... Um, She never really fit in, but she always really wanted to fit in. Um, So she did some kind of extreme things in order to do so. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what it's about. But The Wicked King was honestly so incredibly immaculate. Like, it was so good. So good. The plot twists, astronomical. (laughs) Like, these were like... I honestly never knew what, like, Jude, the main character, I I never knew what she was going to do next. Like, I would always think I was following her, like, line of thought, and then she would, like, do something, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, she is a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, the ending, so much happened at the end. It was beautiful. Watching her and Cardin's relationship develop, that was beautiful. Everything about it was so perfect and like the last like 10 pages i swear like three plot twists happened in the last 10 pages i love that and they come out of complete nowhere so it's amazing it fascinates me that the second book is like the best yeah because mm. yes. usually in, in well i suppose it's not a trilogy because the fourth book's coming out but like usually in trilogies what it well, is well that's now, just a really small one. novella though so i consider it a trilogy oh okay cool um, but yeah, mm-hmm. usually it's like the third one is where everything wraps up. So it's fascinating that you're like the second one. The second one though. <laughs> yeah, second one was great. Um, it was so well written. Um, definitely my top ten. Love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along to moi. 
I'm going to say uh, Six of Crows um, was, it's definitely my top ten. Six of Crows is... So the whole, du- the du- are you talking the duology or the first book? I want to, that's the thing. I said Six of Crows, but then I would, I do think I preferred Crooked Cro- Kingdom more. See, I preferred Six of Crows to Crooked Kingdom. That's in, it's super unpopular opinion. That's but. fascinating. Um, yeah, I continue. So I'm going to say, I'll say Crooked Kingdom and then you, yeah. So I'm going to say Crooked Kingdom, um, which is the second book in the Six of Crows duology. And it's by Lee Bardugo. And it is basically, it follows the events of the first book called Six of Crows, which is about... Um, a group of pretty much juvenile delinquents in this fantasy <laughs> world <laughs> literally like um, have to kind of team up because they are the only ones really capable of doing this heist that will get them a lot of money <laughs> and they want money <laughs> and so uh, it follows that journey that relationship and however I'm, I'm gonna say while I loved Six of Crows the start was so slow because of the world building that was necessary and the character building. See, I didn't think that the start of Six of Crows was slow at all. That's really... F- that's because, like, Kaz was, like, Kaz was, like, killing someone in the alley in, like, chapter two. Yeah, but <laughs> I think for me what I found so slow was I knew that the real... Like, I knew the real stuff was going to start happening when all of them had united together and so yeah. I was like waiting for all of them to kind of start bonding because my favorite thing about like heist movies is I love seeing the friendship that always develops between the heisters you know um yeah and they bond over crime and so I was like waiting for that sort of uh friendship to start and then I was just kind of confused because I, I got to like page 100 and we they still like all weren't hadn't all met yet and so I was like what is going on like this is just taking a bit too long for my liking however Crooked Kingdom because we have a whole book where they really do get to bond and the events of that book happen and um Crooked Kingdom I just felt like was so I think it gave them a lot of more room to kind of do more stuff in shorter amount of time because of yeah. We knew them more, so you didn't really have to explain, like, why a character did something or why the world worked the way it did because you already knew. And so... Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That was definitely... A, I did, like, that part of Crooked Kingdom because, yeah. in my opinion, in that duology, like, the characters' backstories are some of the most interesting things. Mm. And so, you know, getting to read about that... Um, even more in Crooked Kingdom was super fun. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even uh, even like we got to see more of characters in Crooked Kingdom that we didn't get to see more of in Six of Crows. It was, yeah, yeah. it was a solid read. I remember getting to the end of it and uh, in the beginning when I was reading Six of Crows, I was like, this is a good book, but I don't know why it has so much hype. But by the end of Crooked Kingdom, I, I got it. You understood. I understood. You understood the hype. I did understand the hype. I see. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, Crooked Kingdom all the way. I mean, Six of Crows, go, go that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Okay. This book, I don't. Okay. So my next one is Red Queen and like the first Red Queen book. Mm-hmm. And... 
The question is, am I adding this book in because it was a spectacular book, or is it because it really started everything? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's the point. But basically, if you don't know, Olivia and I kind of became friends over Red Queen, so getting to, like, read... Like, reading that series was really kind of, like, it was one of the very first book talk series. It was the very first book talk series I ever read when I joined book talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was also the series that kind of, I made a lot of friends over it. So that was fun. But it was also a really good book. Like, I absolutely loved the first one. It was my favorite one in the whole series. Um, I really liked, like, the fighting scenes with Mare. Um, you know, the training scenes and that little... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I made this up in my head or if it's actually described this way. And that, like, all-white room, was it described as that or did I just invent that in my head? white room. I just invented it in my head. I kind of saw it. Where did they do their training scenes in? I I imagine it was, like, this big, like, concrete, like, arena sort of thing. I don't know why. I don't know why I pictured the room all-white. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's fitting. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so just the training, we got to meet Evangeline, Cal, Maven. There was just a lot of really awesome characters who were introduced. And as much as I hated that ending, it was super well done and really um, well lined out throughout the book. Like it wasn't like an out of nowhere plot twist. So that was fun. Um, and yeah, oh, I forgot to say what Red Queen was about. But Red Queen is basically about, a, um, it's a world where people are divided by the color of their blood so people who have red blood they don't have powers and they're kind of treated like treated like dirt by like the silver bloods and the silver bloods have like certain magical abilities depending on what family they're from so some of them have like fire um metal manipulation that's one of them they all have like different sorts of powers but basically it's the people who have red blood are kind of getting sick of the treatment by the silver blood, and that's kind of where the story kind of starts out. Yeah. Um, it, but well, it's really good. The story really starts well out when you find out, like, a, red, a red-blooded girl who's, like, not supposed to have powers because red-blooded or, like, normal people has powers as well. Yeah. So she discovers her abilities um, to have powers, and it really confuses quite a few people because she has red blood and powers, so... It really confuses a lot of people, but it's a super good story. It's a four-book series, but my favorite is still the first one in this series. Yeah, the first one was just, like, next level. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but it was just, like... I feel like the concept was so original in a weird mm-hmm. way that um, when you were reading it, it was just, like, super entertaining. I flew through that book. I think it was, like, two days yeah, or something. Yeah, me too. Mm. Oh, my God. It was so good. And... Literally, if you take away Red Queen from our lives, like, this podcast probably doesn't Wouldn't exist. Wouldn't exist, so it needed a mention. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. I Your turn. My turn. I'm going to say We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. <laughs> um, that, this was a really fascinating read. We Were Liars. I didn't even know how to explain the synopsis of it. It's it's <laughs> literally, literally like you think it's gonna be one thing, but then it's another. But yeah, in the beginning, it kind of starts out with Katie. We decided her name was Katie in a previous podcast. I'm pretty sure. Katie yeah. is part of like a really rich, wealthy family, and every summer she goes to the this island that this private island that her family owns as as a family does you know 
Um, As you know, yeah, for sure. Just the huge going to your private island, yeah. And uh, Katie every summer goes to this private island and she hangs out with her cousins and also like her cousin's friend who's like kind of cute. Um, and mm-hmm. basically one summer something happens. We start we start the story off with Katie having like memory loss and she doesn't really know what happened, but something happened like a couple like a couple summers ago. And she wants to go back to the island, but she, like, you know, is struggling to know why nobody wants her to really go back. And it kind of follows her trying to unravel this family mystery, I suppose, that she seems to be at the centre of. And it's really, really good. Um, It's such a short read. Read it. Again, this was another... It's got a great plot twist. Great plot twist. Phenomenal plot twist. And... I just, it's another one of those books that I read in two days, but this one more rightfully so because it's like 200 pages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but the style of writing as well, it's very like poetic and very unique. It's very different from other books that you've read. So it's kind of a cool way to switch it up. For sure. If you're in a reading slump, like definitely recommend We Will Lies by E. Lockhart because it's so like yeah. fast paced. Because you think it's like two hundred pages, but really that there's so many sort of like spaces or like things that ha- yeah yeah there's so many like sort of spaces in the way that a poem has a lot of like the the author hits the enter button a lot of times. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. I agree. It's a good read mm, for sure. And it's just, I would have added that to my list, but I didn't read it in 2020. I read it like three years ago. Yeah. You're, no, you were a bit it, unique. I read it You're like a bit five special. years ago. There we go. I read it like five years ago, actually. You really were reading book talk books wow. before you even knew it. Before my time. But yeah. I, I stand by the fact that you were always supposed to be a book talker, Lily. For sure. For sure. There's too I many agree. things that happened that I'm like, that's not a coincidence. Okay. My next one, I read... This book got me back into reading this year. So I really wasn't reading a whole bunch um, when I, you know, I started grade 12 in September of 2019, and then you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just really wasn't reading because I didn't really have any reason to be reading anything. Um, I mean, I did because it's good for you and it's fun, you know. But I didn't really have anyone to talk about my books with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just me. Yeah. So it wasn't as much fun. But anyway, this book, I read it right when, like, everyone went into quarantine, lockdown, um, and it just, like, sparked that love of reading back up again, and now I run a book talk account. So mm. had to thank this book. Um, but it's called Just Don't Mention It. So good. Um, basically, this is the fourth book in the Did I Mention I Love You series, um, which I know isn't a super popular series, so I'll kind of explain it a little bit. So the Did I Mention I Love You series follows a girl named Eden whose father basically walked out on her and her mom a few years prior, and now she's 16 or 17, can't quite remember. And it's the summertime, and her father reaches out and says, hey, I live in LA now, I want you to come spend the summer with me. And so she does, but only for the sole purpose of the fact that she wants a summer, a movie-like summer in LA. (laughs) Doesn't care about her father at all. We love that. But she goes, and, you know, she um, meets his three new stepkids, one of which practically isn't even living there. He, like, comes in and out so much, and he's got a lot of issues, she discovers, you know, the broken, dark-haired boy, of course. Every YA novel has to have one. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he was it. <laughs> and basically the Just Don't Mention It book really follows the, it's like, it's like the four, it's like, it's the, it's the first book written from his perspective. And then it also um, goes back five years in the past. So the chapters alternate um, to five years earlier to present day. So you get to see his point of view for the major scenes in book one, as well as it really goes into a lot of detail explaining what his past is. Um, he's got a really rocky past. And not only does he, it's, it's very different because I feel like a lot of books, you just get flashbacks or they like explain the story. This, you were actually reading his past from his point of view. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If that makes any sense? That's cool. And it was like half of the book. It was like 300 pages of that. And so it was really depressing. I cried reading the whole thing. <laughs> like, not even just the ending. The whole thing. And it was so beautiful. And it was so well written. It was just amazing. And you said so that also I, wrote this book when she was like 13? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have been the fourth one. She started the series when she was 13, but she would have had to like set up the general concept of it when she was 13. Because the fourth one is just basically the first one rewritten, right? Yeah. From his point of view. Oh, I And see. so... Yeah, so yeah, she was really young when she wrote this series, and it was so amazing. Like, I don't even know how she did that, so she really, really good. She really snapped. I stayed until 5 in the morning. I stayed until 5 in the morning to finish it. I'm not even joking. Those are the best type of books, ones that you stay up until, like, 5 a.m. reading, because it's like, I need to finish this mm-hmm. right now, otherwise I'm going to go insane. Literally me. <laughs> Literally. Um, okay. I read, like, 200 pages in one night. That's so good. I I actually, it's really weird. I can't believe that you read that this year. Like, I don't know why, I but know. I had the impression that you read that, like, two years ago, and it just stuck well, with I you read the Well, I, I read the Did I Mention I Love You series. Not I didn't read that whole series this year, because the fourth one just came out in December. Oh, like, last December. Okay. And so I got it for Christmas, but I had already read the whole series before, prior to that. So I didn't read the whole series this year, just that one. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Okay. Because I, I was so confused. I was like, I swear she read the first... She did not read the first one this year. Like, that's way too soon. I didn't. Okay, good to... <laughs> Glad that we cleared right, that up. what's your next one? I don't... This is where it gets really awkward, because I haven't read nearly as many books as you have this year. And so I don't really have any any other ones that stood out because I read a lot of series too so it's like yeah I I literally only have like my top my top three left mm, okay I'm just gonna fire off some of my yeah next few that I have you go off and I'll just I'll just agree we'll just chat about them okay that's fun Okay, I had to put A Court of Mist and Fury on my list because A Court of Mist and Fury was great. That's not in your top three, I'm sure. No. Okay. It's not. Got it. A Court of Mist and Fury. It was great. Um, it really took that second book and it said, or it took that first book and said, I'm going to kick it up a notch. And it really did. <laughs> so that was spectacular. They really took a um, dial and like turned it to 100, I feel like. Reese and Feyre's flirting scenes were so well written. Mm-hmm. Um, the tension, also very well written. I loved getting to meet Cassian and Asriel. Uh, yes. N- no other words necessary besides I got to meet Cassian and Asriel. It always shooks me when um, I think back to the fact that we really didn't meet all the characters that we love until like the second book. Like we only met Reese and Feyre 
and Tamlin in book one. Like, that's so crazy to me. I know. But we have Cassian and Asriel now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that just made that book so good. So, <laughs> according to Miss and Fury, needed that honorable mention. It was... It was so good. It's definitely my top ten. Um, I also love the plot of that book. Like, I feel like everyone talks about the romance of A Court of Mist and Fury. The plot but there's so many good. good scenes in that plot-wise. Like, if you really think about it, there was the whole, like, Weaver's Cottage was in that. Um, like, that book. Like, that scene with the... When Feyre goes to the Weaver's Cottage. Yes. And then, of course, there's, like, the whole... Um, even just the plot of the beginning, which I don't want to spoil too much, but like basically how she ends up going to resand. Yeah, really that was cool. immaculate. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like every part of it was very well done. I read the whole book in like three days. Yeah, um, and it's a long book, and I just couldn't put it down. It was so good. So that would need to go in there. Um, I also wanted to talk about All In. Which is a part of the Natural series, which we are still trying to force Olivia to read, but she. Will I was not. waiting for the Natural series. I was like, she's gonna say it, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to yeah, sit here and go, "Oh yeah, the Naturals. That sounds like a cool series." Mm-hmm. 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 So, All In is the third book in the Natural series, and basically, what the Natural series is about is it's about, and basically, an FBI program that was created. Um, for teenagers with special abilities that, like, the rest of the general population doesn't have. And I don't mean, like, magic. I mean, like, um, so, for example, like, one of the people in this program, it's a very small program, so it's really cool. It's, like, that inner circle vibe, like, tight-knit friend group, right? Okay. Practically family. Yeah. And so, like, for example, one of the people in the group, she's, like, a human lie detector, right? So she can tell anyone who's lying, like, mm. on the spot. One of them's, like, an emotion reader. So he can read your emotions, like, and tell you exactly what you're feeling. So things like that. So the FBI uses this, like, group of kids to solve cases that they have, like, not been able to solve. It's a lot more right? sci-fi. A little bit. Mystery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically these this group of kids, like spends a lot of time analyzing these cases and things like that um and solving them and of course they're not supposed to solve active cases because they're dangerous with like actual killers on the loose but of course they always get themselves involved in them (laughs) um but all in the third book was just really good because it really started to lead into the fourth book um it's a four book series but all the books kind of had their own separate storylines i guess like I mean, they would continue, but it'd be, like, a new mystery every book. But the third and fourth book really just said, like, elaborate mystery. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, And they really did. They popped off. And it was amazing. So I got to put that in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I have one more before I have my top three. Okay. Because I think that that'll make ten. Okay. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. And I know I've talked about it to Olivia because I'm still trying to make her read it. And she's not. Um... (laughs) I'm so I'm so suspicious now. Um, and that is, it's called What We Saw. It was so good. <laughs> I literally have it on my Kindle. Okay. Yeah, and you haven't read it. You have no excuse. I anyway. So it's a great book. Um, it was very impactful for me. I feel like so. Not only was it like a great book with a good romance and things like that. However, it also really like dealt with a lot of real life issues that are super prevalent right now 
So basically, what it was about, it was about um, this girl who went to a party, and then she ended up leaving the party because she got so drunk that she wanted to go home to her friend, brought her home, passed out. She thought that was the end of it, right? Mm. Wrong. She wakes up and goes to school a couple days later, whenever it is that they have school next, and there's all these rumors flying around that this girl named Stacy was sexually assaulted at this said party, right? Mm-hmm. And really, nobody's willing to believe it um, because who she was accusing was like one of like their star athletes on the basketball team who had like a scholarship to like an Ivy League college for basketball, yeah. and like so nobody wanted to accuse him, right? And it was really cool because the author used a lot of sayings that people say in real life when situations like this happen. And the thing that was really interesting about it is I was, like, reading the book. And not that I was ever the type of person to, like, say something like this, but I'd be reading the book and I would be thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so ridiculous what that girl is saying. Like, why would she say that? And then I was like, wait, people actually say that in real life. Like, Mm. so for example, like all of, so the one girl who it's like told from her point of view, she was like trying to like advocate for the scrum being like, guys, we like need to help her. Like, why would she make this up? And even all her friends were like, well, did you see what she was wearing at the party that night? Like, you know, and it just sounds so ridiculous coming from a book character's mouth. Right. But there's people who actually say that and then. It's so interesting that, isn't it? When you read it in a book, you're like, I can't believe this is like so outrageous how could a fictional character do this and you go oh wait a minute like this happens pretty much real people actually say that yeah Mm. well that's kind of like what I thought and then um and then basically there ends up being a recording of the whole thing but of course everyone tries to bury it and stuff like that um but it is. It's a really well done book. Um, the ending really surprised me, actually. Um, it did have a plot twist ending, Ooh. so that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it is cool. Did you um, did you say it was written by a, a male author? Yeah, I think it is. I'm going to get that's the author's really cool. name right now. Hmm. It is written by a male author, I believe. That's really cool. I mean, because usually is, those types of books are always written by females because it's like females, it's, you know... unfortunately females are usually the victims of those things and so yeah but it's really cool that a guy took the author's last name but it's by aaron hartzler i think maybe i'm saying it right okay yeah but yeah it's it's amazing i love so good (laughs) definitely recommend so good i am gonna read it like i genuinely want to read it but you know i mean i think you should i would cry tears of joy I mean, maybe that way, <laughs> it's sort of a really ridiculous thing. If I made you cry What's tears that? of joy, you would have to send me a picture of you reading the epilogue while crying the tears of joy, because then at least <laughs> I can feel a little bit fulfilled. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, I see how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think I'm up to my top three. Okay. Now we have to guess. Oh, my god. Okay, I feel like I've just been talking a lot, so you should guess mine first because I feel like I've just been blabbering. Well, that's the thing. I have no idea. So I need to ask you a question, though. Okay. Are these books also from the same series that you've already mentioned, or are they all completely different? There's none from a series I've already mentioned. 
Interesting. Well, you haven't mentioned Throne of Glass, so now I have to pick one from there. There is one from Throne of Glass in there, yes. And then there's going to be one from the Infernal Devices, because you didn't mention any of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm deducting quite nicely. This isn't going... Oh, red, white, and royal blue. You have not mentioned that. Yes. So I'm going to say red, white, and red, white, and royal blue. Okay. Are you putting that in third place? No, I... Let me just get the books first. Okay. All right. Okay. Then Clockwork Prince, because you have told me that you really like Clockwork Prince. That was your favorite from that series. And then Throne of Glass is the hard one, though, because they're all... From Aerofire onwards, like, they're really good. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Kingdom of Ash. And, and so I'm going to go... Goodness. This is hard. <laughs> this is really hard. Um, I'm going to go third... Clockwork Prince, second Red, White, and Royal Blue, first Kingdom of Ash. That's what I'm gonna do. You're so close. No. Okay. So my third would be Red, White, and Royal Blue, and my second would be Clockwork Prince, and my first would be Kingdom of Ash. But you're <laughs> oh so my god! Good. You really? <laughs> I love that <laughs> I got Kingdom of Ash. I had to pick out yeah. eight books there. <laughs> good job. Good job. Comes out here. It's like no, my number one is Crown of Midnight. (laughs) I know. I was like, I swear to gosh, if she be like the Assassin's Blade, though, was actually my favorite. I was gonna, I was gonna log off or whatever, whatever we do. (laughs) Hang up. Uh, Okay, let me just think of my top three because I definitely have a top two. I have two for you, but I'm trying to figure out what the third one would be. We had this from. Oh, wait a damn minute. Hold on. I had. Oh, I do have three. And I will say that one of the books is from a series that I have already mentioned. Really? Really? Yes. Oh, uh, I know what that one is. Yeah, I. it's pretty obvious if I do say so. Uh, but have, so have I read all of your three? You have. Or no? You have read all of my three. Really? Okay, really? so I know. I'm not going order yet. I'm not going order yet. Okay, okay. That's right. But I do know A Court of Mist and Fury is there. Uh-huh. You haven't said anything about Throne of Glass yet. I haven't so mentioned Throne of Glass yet. I want to say Queen of Shadows potentially is in there, because I know you, Queen of Shadows has been your favorite one so far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I want to say Queen of Shadows goes there. Mm, okay. <laughs> no, I don't I don't want to so, give basically. any. I don't want to give any away. Okay. And then, because I think you've definitely preferred Queen of Shadows to Fire, I feel like. Just based on the video reactions I received. Fascinating. Maybe I just sent you less video reactions in Fire because I was too <sighs> engaged in it. Well, I don't know. Anyway. And then... So you're going with Queen of Shadows? Yep. Interesting. Okay, stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've... Is it a part of a series or a standalone? I don't think we've read a, a lot of, of the same series. standalones. So I'm going to go series. What other series have you read that I have also read? Mm. That's a good question. Literally all the series oh, I've read you've also read. One of the Red Queen books, I feel like. Maybe. Question mark. 
I'm gonna go Red Queen. Which which one? The first one? I think the first one. Okay. I know. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna go first one. So I'm gonna say number one. Oh, I'm gonna go number three first. Number three, Red Queen. Number two, Queen of Shadows, and number one, Akamath. I okay. think I'm way off though. You did really well. It was just the ordering. Like I'm shocked that you got uh, all the books right. So uh, I just didn't order them. I, I was a little iffy on the ordering. That's okay. Interesting. Three is Akamath. Really? Yes, really. Oh. Two okay. is Red Queen, just because it's a it's a mix of like, I really love that book. It's the book that got me back into reading. And it's the yeah. book that, like, started this all. So there's just a lot of sentimental value in that book for me. There always will I be. I see. Anyway. I see. And then number one is Queen of Shadows. Yes. <sighs> I knew it. <laughs> I was trying to throw you off. I was like, I want to make her say, like, Air of Fire or something. But no. no. I stuck. I held my ground. I was like, no, it's Queen of Shadows. I, I was honestly really that. proud, though, when you said it. I was like, oh, she knows me so well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm uh, very. We'll see how quickly that myself. changes, though. When I finish Zone of Glass, I'll probably also be on here, be like, "Guys, Kingdom of Ash is superior to all." Honestly, Kingdom of Ash is not a lot of people's favorite, but I have a whole reason for why it's my favorite that mm. I will go through. Oh, we'll have to go shortly. through it on like a Throne of Glass, like podcast episode or something. No, I'm going through it today. Today, don't worry. Today. Okay. I want to hear, okay, why are your top three your top three? Like, let's go through them. Okay. What about them? I love that. So, chef's kiss. Okay. Know? So, for me, Akamath was, Akamath was my first romance novel that I ever met. I ever met. No, really? ever read. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really was. I, I mean, I feel like it's very interesting that I've become a book talker because looking back on it. I read like I read books as a kid, but I only ever read books that were very basic in their plots. I was a real contemporary novel girl growing up. Yeah, I was like fangirl, like series about family, everyday problems. They were never set in these fantasy worlds. Like I never read Harry mm-hmm. Potter, and so yeah, for me, Akamath, like reading that, that was like a one. That was like the first high. Not, I don't know if it's high fantasy, but I'm going to say it is, like, high fantasy books that I read. And then mm-hmm. along with that, it was also the first romance. And I remember reading, I was like, what? So this is what I've been missing out on. Oh, my goodness. And then, so it was just, like, I think that mixed with I never really experienced anything like that genre before it was really exciting to mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, I definitely feel like I came out of that series the other end feeling a lot more mature as a person. I was like, okay, I've seen some things that I didn't need to see, but it's fine. <laughs> and then, oh, oh dear. And then Red Red Queen, I kind of explained a little bit. A lot of sentimental value there. I pretty much read the last, honestly, the last, I read like two books when I was in year nine. Not even kidding. For the whole year, two books. Mm-hmm. Year before, I probably read like three books. And then before that, I probably read zero books when I was in, like, seventh grade, aka, like, 12 slash 13. And so Red Queen was the first, like, when I finished the Red Queen series, I was like, this is the most books I've read in a year, and I want to say, like, four years, you know, because it's a (laughs) four-book series. And I was like, I've beat my personal best. And um, 
And so, but reading Red Queen, like, it just got me, it reminded me, like, how good reading can be, I suppose. And I'm a strong believer of, like, everyone's a reader, they just haven't found the right book yet. And I feel like Red Queen was, like, my right book. That reminded me, like, oh, this is why, like, there's actually a reading industry, you know? This is how books actually make money, because there are good ones out there, I suppose. Instead of just all this, like, Shakespeare or whatever that we were told to read in school. Yeah. And then Queen of Shadows, do I... I don't even know. Do I have to explain myself? Like, it's Throne of Glass. There's just so much that goes on in there. So much got tied together. I love all the characters in that series. It's just a whole new level. I feel like... It really is. In all books, there's, like, you know, normal books down the bottom. Like favorite books on the middle shelf and then on a on a high shelf like three shelves up I feel like this throne of glass sitting at the top uh-huh. it's just like god level storytelling I don't know what else it's to say. so good queen of shadows was really it was a super well done mm-hmm. novel a like, lot of amazing. things like tied all together and I definitely feel like yeah. queen of shadows is the first book in the in the throne of glass series where shit starts happening like where for example like plot twists and things were coming together like all the things that people were telling me why the throne of glass series is so good for example like all these things that you don't expect to happen or all of these things that were happening right beneath like your nose the entire time and you just didn't notice like that was (laughs) the first time that I kind of like experienced that and I was like oh my god this is just incredible so yeah this is just incredible yeah that's amazing i agree with you 100 percent. thank you what about yours now you got a number three number three red white and royal blue need i say more literally beautiful (laughs) i don't know what else to say um it it was just so well done it was so funny but it also had a very deep like emotional aspect to it i guess um just in the sense that it was a very it was a very much forbidden sort of romance um but they really wanted to be able to express themselves and express how they felt um to those that they loved but they really couldn't do that um and so it really did have that like emotional part to it and also that kind of like anxious feeling that you're getting when you're reading because of course anytime anyone's sneaking around to do something when you're reading said book you're always super nervous right that they're gonna mess up or they're gonna get caught and so there was also like so many emotions when you were reading it because there was you know that level of like humor like the two main characters were super funny the friend group was super funny um but then there was also like all these feelings of like sadness a little bit like I felt sad for the characters I was like why can't they just be who they want to be and like why do they have to hide it like I was so sad um Mm, I love that especially being like an LGBTQ plus book because that's the reality of it for a lot of them they have to hide yeah exactly and then that just made me so sad but then there was also so many like heartwarming moments throughout the book where I just like squealed I was like so cute (laughs) I love that yeah so it was just honestly I felt all the feels while reading that the main couple was super shippable like instantly like I read their first scene in chapter one and I was like um yes I see it oh. I, I love it <laughs> chapter one that is some the elite chemi- writing the chemistry unmatched like 
they had so much chemistry and it, it was beautiful i have to say like from an outsider's point of view what like watching you read red white and royal blue this book where there's like no magic no fantasy no like superpowers or whatever and it was just like slowly the more you read it the the more it kind of went up in like your ranking I suppose of like your favorite books I was like wow this must be like some very very elite stuff if like Lily like fantasy superpower loving Lily is like if I ever saw anyone on bookshock rate it less than four and a half out of five I would literally block them wow like if Watch me out here after out I five? read Rue White and World Blue. Like, rate it like two out of five just to, just to test that no. theory. No. <laughs> if if I saw anyone not rated a five out of five, I would block them. I'd be like, what is wrong mm. with you? You have no taste. It's I see. literally so good. I That's see. okay. I've never had that issue because everyone rates it a five out of five. Mm. For good reason. So, it's yeah. just perfect. Love it. Um, Clockwork Prince was so good. That's my number two. Clockwork Prince was great. We really got to delve into, like, the Will Herondale um, mess of history. Um, It was super cool, I found. Um, Everything from the first book, I feel like, really made a lot more sense. The beginning of it was super, like, there were so many times in the beginning where I was, like, crying even on page, like, 100. Olivia was judging me too hard. It was really mean. Oh, uh, you want to talk about judging. Oof. Yes. I got it. I got it. I see how it is. And, um... I just thought the whole storyline was set up super, super well. The friendship between Will and Jem continued to stay immaculate. The relationships, like, she had so many, like, high, intense scenes with both of those boys that just had me, like, oh She my really God. had the best of both worlds. I feel like Clockwork she Prince was really was where living. the love triangle was, like, most in action. Full swing. Yeah, for sure. Full swing. And then, are we going to talk about that ending? Like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the ending, the ending. Yeah, I anyone who's even, read it will understand what we mean right I now. I can't even say it without spoiling, but the ending was literally the most beautifully written ending <laughs> that I've ever read. I have like an eight minute video of me reading it and I was crying. Um, I have that video. It's, yes. it's quite iconic. It's so iconic. I want to show it to as many people as possible. I should post that on TikTok. How many videos would eight minutes minutes. of footage be? No, well, I'm just going to post the best part, which is the ending. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it, yeah. Um, But it was just, it was such a good, such a good novel. I can hear the passion in your voice. It's quite beautiful. You can hear it. It's so beautiful. If I was to ever, like, if I ever wanted to reread the series, but, like, didn't have the energy to reread the series, I would reread Clockwork Prince. Mm. Because the romance is the best in it. Yeah, the romance is the best. In my opinion, I'm like Clockwork Angel, great introduction. Clockwork Prince is like the romance book of the trilogy. And then Clockwork Prince is like the action book of the trilogy. Yeah, and not that I didn't like the action. I really did. But the romance was great. Yeah, the romance is just like next level though. Because it's like the, in my opinion, it's like the best love triangle in books. To exist. (laughs) To exist. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) But, and, then, and then Kingdom of Ash is my favorite just because so like I'm gonna just put this out there I'm probably gonna spoil some of the couples in Kingdom of Ash so if you don't want to like so if you I'm not gonna spoil the plot point of Kingdom of Ash but like I'm gonna say like couples names so if you don't know the couples 
Thank or you so you much for listening. The couples are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is <laughs> your time to hop off. Okay. <laughs> like, thanks for yeah. making it this but far. I'm, See so you next you week. The, <laughs> if you already know all the couples, don't worry about it because I'm not going to spoil like deaths or plot points or anything like that because Olivia hasn't read it yet. Mm-hmm. But Kingdom of Ash was so great because I feel like, okay, so first of all, for an 1,000 page book, I've said this once and I'll say it a million times. I don't think I've ever read a book so long that was never boring one mm-hmm. time. Like even like Akawar, which was a great book, was boring sometimes and it was only mm-hmm. 700 pages. It's just very hard to have a book that's so long that didn't have like a dip in it at all. Mm-hmm. This one did not. And that's I so cried. crazy because it's like this isn't long as in like 600 pages. This is long as in 1000 pages. Yes. And I cried so many times. It's actually a little embarrassing. Did I exploit it for views on TikTok? Yes. Um, Lily it was just... Exploit, exploiting her book emotions since 2020. Yes. And so I cried so many times. There was so much development with, with, within every single relationship. Like, every single relationship had so much development. Like, even Aelin and Rowan, who have been a couple for so long, even they had a different type of development that was completely unmatched. Like, Dorian and Manon continued to have a lot of development. Aiden and Lysandra, their development was, I didn't think, possible. But it, it got there. Elite and Lorcan, again, didn't think their development was possible based on where the story was going. But yet it still happened, and it was beautiful. And just that all of the couples had such intense, like, all the couples had a glow up in Kingdom of Ash. Like, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. They really said, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out in style. So let's just, like, get to our full potential of, like, good looks Mm -hmm. right now. And we'll just call it a day. Well, pretty much. And then there was also the fact that, like, they all had very... All of the storylines were iconic, and anyone who tries to argue with me is wrong. Like, Aelin and Rowan's storyline, iconic. Like, Manon's storyline, iconic. Dorian's storyline, Kingdom of Ashes, Dorian's best book, and I think that's why I love it so much. Oh, so, so we found the root, of, we found the root <laughs> of the love here. This is what we call a breakthrough in, <laughs> in psychology. <laughs> This is what we call a breakthrough. <laughs> Let me just like get my notepad real quick. Let's just write, you know, you know how those comments are going around where they get the writing emoji and it'll be like, yeah. yeah, writing that down, you know, and you put the emoji in the middle. Favorite thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm the human embody of that right now. I see. <laughs> Kingdom of Ash, Dorian's best book. Best book. <laughs> <laughs> and then... um. And I feel like it's honestly, like, we get to see new sides of the characters, which is very rare for a last book, because I feel like in, like, more of the middle books, you start to see all the different sides of the characters. Mm. You see new sides to characters you've known for seven books at this point, um, especially Aelin. Um, And I feel like that was just so cool. I love that. And had such an iconic ending. So just it was just the perfect ending to such an iconic series. And for that reason, it is my favorite book I've read this year. And I... It's that's all I'm gonna say. Honestly, I feel like Why Throne of Glass is as iconic as it is because is yeah, there are so many great series that have like plot twists and great characters and great uh you know, great action scenes and great writing. However, Mm -hmm. often the ending is where a lot of series fall short. 
like you can tell yeah. that yeah this series like was great and i enjoyed it in the moment but she didn't but, know where to take but, but she didn't know what how, or exactly he or she didn't know how to end it exactly you can tell that they really didn't have a plan and if you look at like the most iconic book series like harry potter throne of glass they really did have a plan from the beginning of how epic they wanted the ending to be and so it just made it that mm-hmm. much more iconic when you get to the last like really generally really big book and why it makes it so yeah. entertaining because you can tell that everything is finally coming together and getting answered and i absolutely adore that like well and the other reason i love kingdom of ash so much is because they all kind of go like their own ways because there's so many things that need to get done Mm. before the series ends yeah and so i feel like they all kind of really went their own ways in order to accomplish said things and then they all come together back at the end again for that big like last final showdown Mm. and i feel like they all had everyone's individual storyline was cool but then when they all came together at the end again so powerful like i tears in my eyes i'm getting emotional right now and i haven't even read it oh (laughs) fuck me (laughs) literally this morning i saw a tiktok and it was like i just finished kingdom of ash um this is what my life has been for the past like three months and then it did like a collage of all these great fan arts and i like i started tearing up i was like i'm about to read empire because it's hitting me now i'm like once i do the empire storms and tarot dawn co-read i have one book left like that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so toxic <laughs> i'm gonna have such a book hangover yeah. i'm gonna be out of action for probably a couple years couple years until the until hopefully an adaptation gets announced then i'll come back out of my hole i already have it planned out when i'm rereading throne of glass so it's fine oh really june of 2021 catch me rereading you should make like a trailer for that and make it really dramatic be like june 2021 (laughs) (laughs) lily's akita wait lily's throne of glass reread coming soon oh no it'll probably honestly be may because i'll be finished school in April. Crazy. I know. That's wild. I know. Maybe I'll be able to reread it with you because I don't start school to possibly July. (laughs) Yes. You you heard it here first, folks. June 2021. (laughs) June 2021. Yeah. See you there. Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Chills. We both have such solid lists. We read so many good books this year. 2020 really did have something good I about know. it. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of like we really did have to make sure the quality of the books that we read this year made up for the crap that is 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I feel like we're getting mm-hmm. to the... I don't even... I'm actually so terrified from 2020 now. I don't even want to, like, say that anything good is going to happen in 2021 to, like, jinx it, you know? No, no, like no, I'm no, terrified. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't even want to be like, oh my god, things are like you know. I- I'm terrified. I can't even finish that sentence. And so I feel no, like don't. I I won't. Like oh my gosh, no. Um. And so I just I'm very very glad that at the end of even though it's not fully the end of the year, near the end of the year, we can kind of sit down you know with our friendship that happened from this year and the books that we read and we can say that we at least had some good quality reads this year might have had a bad quality yeah, for sure. might have had a bad quality life this year but we had some good quality reads yes yeah i love I that agree. go us go us mm. 
Oh well, thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's podcast episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Um, and make sure to check us out on Twitter, Two Girls Who Read, and TikTok at Two Girls Who Read Podcast. And make sure to check back every Wednesday to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to us on right now, yeah. um, for a new episode every single week. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.